I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. We would like to thank Pet Sitters Associates for making this show possible. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today for episode 109. Hello. If this is your first time, welcome. Thank you so much. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much. (laughs) If you haven't already, please hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player. And we have a whole back catalog of over 100 episodes. We've been doing this for over a year now. And if you wouldn't mind going back and listening to those, we have some great topical episodes, some excellent interviews with other pet care providers, and over 100 episodes. So you have lots of listening to do. A lot. We would like to thank our monthly patrons, Jennifer and Jack. Thank you so much for supporting this show. And if you would like to know more about Patreon and what it means to become a patron, you can go to our website, petsitterconfessional.com slash support. Today, we are going to talk about your ideal client, knowing what that means, who that is, how to find them, and how to keep them. When we talk about your ideal client, it can really mean many different things. The first one is what. So understanding what an ideal client actually is. So an ideal client could mean that they um, agree on your pricing. They're willing to pay the price that you want. So we charge a certain price and they immediately are willing to pay for it. That sounds pretty ideal to me. It can also mean that a client that fits and understands our schedule that gets and understands our rules and our policies. These are clients that we love, people who understand and abide by the policies that they've signed. An ideal client could also mean someone who appreciates your services and understands the the immense value that they are getting whenever they pay for you. An ideal client also fits in with your vibe and it meshes with the culture of your business. So if you have a culture of being outdoors or more urban or kind of sports related, running, jogging, they would really jive with that. Maybe they have an active dog that really needs a lot of exercise that would fit in well with your culture of your business. We would also say that an ideal client is also communicative. We love when clients communicate their needs, changes in schedules, upcoming expectations for bookings, and appreciative and showing thanks. An ideal client, again, here is somebody who is communicating to you, which is back and forth. It's not just you putting things out into the ether. It's them responding and them being proactive as well. Your ideal client should also be kind and nice to you and your staff if you have them, which seems pretty obvious. (laughs) It seems pretty basic. (laughs) But we as humans can not be so nice sometimes. And then your most ideal client of all is a client that hits all of these points and that does it consistently. That can be a hard thing, but those clients are out there. Mm -hmm. If we all had clients that communicated consistently, who appreciated our services, followed our policies and procedures, and did all of these things together, they would be people that we'd want to keep around. Another aspect of an ideal client is that it is very specific to you. So the second part of this conversation is identifying who your ideal client actually is. Right. So how you create in your mind, or if you write on a piece of paper, a description of your ideal client. You could look at your existing clientele and think about who are the five people that you want to work with for the next 30 years. 
that's a long time. So make sure that the clients that you pick, you really, really like them. (laughs) (laughs) And then think, why do you want to work with them for the next 30 years? What makes them stand out? What makes them your ideal client, your best client that you have? Yeah, right. Do you start talking through these questions? Ask those questions. Do they check all of the boxes that we mentioned above? Do they agree to those policies? Do they follow them? Maybe there's something special about them that you can't quite put your finger on, but you just love being around them. You know, ask, do they always haggle over my prices? Because that that gets really exhausting when you have a client who maybe they communicate, maybe they are, are consistent in a lot of things, but every time you tell them a price, they always ask you, can you do it for cheaper? And again, as I mentioned, being consistent, communicating, And then a really important one is, do they fit with your culture, with the vibe of your business? This can be hard to put down in a checklist, in a checkbox or a table and see who fits and who doesn't. This is something that you really do understand as you interact with somebody, as you get to know them, as you get to talk with them to see if they make a contribution, if they fit well or if they don't. So again, if you have existing clients ask these questions. I know I had just mentioned, does do they fit with the culture and the vibe of your business? Previously, when we talked about what is an ideal client, but this is really who. So looking at your existing clients. Now, if you don't have existing clients to look at, then look at your services and your service area. Matching those two things by thinking, who do I want to work with? We don't want to work with everyone. We've said that before, but we would be too busy and that would be way too much of a headache if you took on every dog and every cat in your city. You don't want that. So if you don't want to work with everyone, we inherently have to start narrowing down the field here to a different kind of clientele. And that just takes some business creativity and some thinking. Also some introspection on your part. Who do you personally like to be working with? It's at this point where we have to start kind of niching down our business by selecting the clientele we want to work with. Now, a lot of people are going to say that they only want to work with the high-end clients. You would think that those clients are going to pay your high prices and be the most amenable, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes working with high-end clients means that they come with a lot of expectations and a lot of responsibility because you are dealing with powerful people who expect excellence and won't sometimes take no for an answer. You also may only want to work with working dogs or bird dogs. You may only want to work with people who live in a certain area, maybe urban dog owners. So asking yourself, is your ideal client a commuter or someone that works from home? Figuring out your ideal client may be a little tricky, but you may only want to work with people who have working dogs or bird dogs And you may only want to work with people who live in a certain area, like an urban dog owner. Right. So you may start asking your questions about the client. Again, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a profile of somebody who we would love to work with. All of these questions build into that. Is your ideal client a commuter? Maybe someone that works from home. Are they mostly travelers? Are they older? Do they skew younger? All of these kind of things. Again, we're just trying to build this profile of somebody who we want to be, to take part in our business, who we want to serve. Finding your ideal client means targeting the specific person that you want to utilize your services. So this means first figuring out the services that you offer, 
So if you only offer dog walking, your ideal client is not going to be someone who owns a cat. (laughs) Pretty simple. And after you write down what services you offer, then you need to look at the specific breed that you may want to take on. So for instance, you may only want to take care of large dogs. So your ideal client would not be targeting the local dachshund rescue group because those are not large breeds. Another easy way to know your client is if you only take care of cats, then you would not be targeting dog owners. (laughs) Again, this is not very hard. It's just really being introspective and knowing what you want, what you want for your business. And if you already have existing clients, knowing who they are and who you want to be targeting in the future. So after you find out what breed or size that you want to take care of, then you narrow it down by who you want your actual client to be. And this can mean knowing and targeting their specific age, their workplace, or maybe even getting as specific as their income. Right. So millennial, an example of this are are millennials. Millennials have the highest rate of dog ownership here in the U.S. And maybe you want to have clients between an example range between ages 25 to 35 and make $75,000 a year, depending again on where you live, what your market is like, and who you're trying to market to. The reason we're getting so specific here about painting this picture of who your client is, is because when it comes time to market and get targeted ads, whether that's whatever method you decide, the method that you choose to market will be dependent on what kind of client you have. So you can think of it, if you've used Facebook ads before, you can select all sorts of sliders and buttons and things to figure out exactly who you want that ad to be seen to. And unless you know who you want, that kind of gets meaningless and you end up wasting money on those kind of ads. So if your ideal client is a baby boomer who's 65 and older, retired, and you you need to start going to events targeting seniors and heavily use Facebook because... Facebook actually skews a lot older than a lot of people realize. When we're building this client profile, part of that is where do they live? If you're in a densely populated area and only want to accommodate clients in a four block radius, then that suddenly becomes your ideal client based based on that radius. If you live in a different kind of area, your race is going to be bigger, which may encompass a broader range of people types and people groups. Again, they become your ideal client because they fit within that radius. There are a lot of different ways where you can back into who your ideal client is. Again, we're throwing out a lot of different examples here, but it's all dependent on your business, your location, and the goals that you have. Before we continue, we'd like to give a special shout out to our sponsor, Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they have provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. And if you work in the pet care industry, which you do, you can turn your passion for pets into a profession and take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetsitLLC.com. A good question to ask is where does your ideal client work? Do they have kids? This is important to us because typically if the client has kids or grandkids, then their pet will be fine around our kids. So that's really kind of a screening question 
going in. Also, has your ideal client hired a pet care provider before? Mm. Or is this their first time? Yeah. And again, that gets at you market to that person very differently than you would market to somebody who's used a pet service before. This may sound like an awful lot. It may sound like it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. These questions don't mean anything. But businesses do this all of the time, especially car companies. You may not know this, but if you read press releases, um, car companies will typically tell you who they envision that their car is for. And they do that because they know that they're trying to figure out who to market this to. So a lot of times you'll read this and it'll say something like, this car is for a 44-year-old graphic designer who lives in Nebraska and has to handle winters. Well, that means that that car is designed for a very particular person, and they only expect that that kind of person is going to buy it. So they design the car with someone very specific in mind and then are able to market it very specifically. So when we are designing services, when we are running our businesses, we need to have very specific people in mind so that we are solving their problems. We are giving them solutions and giving them peace of mind. So writing out a description of your ideal client is very important. Sometimes, though, your hand may be forced based on where you live or what you have most accessible to you. You may end up saying, well, all of my clients are in their mid-30s. They're, they work from home in the tech industry and they need midday dog walks because that's what they need at that time. So you can either think pie in the sky and go get it, or you can see what you have and adapt to them. It could be that your ideal clients are not in the area where you want to work. They may be too far away from you. So you'll either need to hire into that area or charge prices to travel to that area, or figure out what is closer to home and what's going to work best for you and your business to maintain profitability. Well, and this starts getting into the third part of when we are thinking of our ideal clients is once we know what an ideal client is, once we know who our ideal client is for our business, we then have to go get them. We didn't have to start marketing to them. So how do we do that? Well, you tell your story to them. This gets a little tricky because it's so unique to each and every single person and their business. But it is really, really important because if you don't understand who your client is, you'll never be able to market to them accordingly and you'll never be able to meet their needs. You'll never be able to connect with them with your story if you think you're talking to one person, but it's actually being put out to somebody else. And you'll continue to think that you are for everyone. You will market for everyone and you'll miss who you want to be working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about consistency and hit rates. Basically saying, I know in order to get my clients, the ones that I have in mind, I have to do XYZ and marketing. I know I have to do door hangers. I have to do Facebook ads. I have to do email newsletters with this particular kind of wording and these kind of pictures so that they get it and they know what they're getting. I have to be involved in certain kind of groups. Basically, it becomes this all-encompassing way of acting, behaving, designing how you project into the world. And that's why it's really important to know who your business is and what your business believes and align it with your own personal beliefs. Because we have to be consistent. We have to be saying things that we believe in so that our clients see that when we're telling them our story, they are able to connect with that because we are being open and honest. 
And it's also, like you mentioned, knowing who your ideal client is, but it's also knowing who your ideal client is not. There's going to be a lot more of the nots than of the ises, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. If that makes sense, because you know who you're not going after. If your ideal client is a millennial, you are not going after the baby boomers. You are not going after the retired people. So you can specifically target your messaging to those people. And this means both online and offline. Just because you have a thousand Facebook likes or a thousand Instagram followers doesn't mean that they are your ideal client. And this is really for Instagram because just anybody can start following you and you get those crazy spam accounts that keep following you. Anyway, if you run, (laughs) at least we do, if you run Facebook ads, target only your ideal client. And one way to define your ideal client is to look at who is following you on Instagram, who's commenting on your Facebook feeds, connecting with you on LinkedIn, who is really engaging with you. And obviously, they're going to need to live locally wherever you service. But the people who are really connecting with you on social media may be your ideal client. Right. Well, and you mentioned offline too. And one way to do that is we mentioned very early on about having that five clients that you love and would like more of. Give them some business cards or flyers to those top five or maybe those top 10 and ask them to pass them out to their friends because typically people who are similar run in similar circles. Think about it. If you could have one client bring on another client that's an exact copy of them because they run in the same circles, that would be awesome. And you can allow them to start targeting the people who you want. If you get each person bringing in more and more copies of themselves because they run in similar and similar circles, that means you're building in a better ideal client list and you're not having to do most of that work. Now, of course, it's, this is not a guarantee. This is not a foolproof plan that they'll be the same client, but it's better than continuing to provide service to clients who don't respect your time or policies or who you just don't want. Right. And in this, when somebody refers somebody to you, you give them a business card and they bring on somebody new, that that person who did the referral gets a bonus. They get X percent off their next booking or something like that. Of course, you run your business how you want to. If you don't want to give a discount, then don't. This is just just a suggestion. Right. (laughs) It also helps to identify their goals, identifying your ideal client's goals. Do they want a tired dog at the end of the day when they come home from work? Maybe then you suggest daycare, or if you don't provide daycare, suggest two drop-ins while they are gone so they can get in their walks and exercise. I alluded to this earlier, but identifying their pain points, things that they stress about, things that they need solved, that everybody has a problem, we can help solve some of those. So maybe if they have a puppy, they've got lots of energy, maybe they need house training, suggest resources for that and services that you could provide to help with that as well. So now that you are working with your ideal client or are marketing to your ideal client, how do you maintain that relationship (laughs) with them? Well, they're your ideal client. So be their ideal pet care provider. And you do this in a couple different ways. You are communicative with them. You are openly talking about the failures, the uh, successes, the problems, the how you overcame them with them. You're not holding anything back and you're letting them know how things are going when their dog is with you. Or even just updating them throughout the stay. If you provide boarding, then sending pictures and videos and updates throughout the stay. 
yeah, you're being dependable when you say you're going to be there at noon or in your time window, you're there in that time window. And you're they so they don't ever have to second guess whether you actually showed up or not. And then being consistent, being right. being reliable, always being there, having the client always know that there is going to be someone there. Whether it's you or one of your walkers, someone will always be there to fulfill their need. And then the last one here I think is really important. It's listening to their needs. It's getting feedback from them when you ask, how was my how was the service? How was the stay? Listening whenever they tell you that. If they say, hey, you know, I would really appreciate if you offered this kind of new service, see if that could be beneficial to you. And if one person's asking for it, most likely somebody else would need it as well. Ultimately, your ideal client is someone who gets their exact needs met by what you are offering. So let us know if you've done a similar process to this. Let us know if you found your ideal client. Let us know how you market to them and how you maintain them year after year. Hey, everybody. Uh, we have Natasha Banyan back on to give us a little bit more information about the Game Changers Summit that she's putting on in the first week of October and everything going on with that. So, Natasha, thanks for joining us once again. And the first question I have is of uh, this being online in this kind of uh, fast-paced interactions and fast-paced information that's going to be coming out. How can people prepare for this kind of summit? So, the way to prepare is just have a good breakfast. I would say we are going to start first thing in the morning. So the show is going to happen for three days. It is available from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. We're also going to have the speakers live interactive. So if you are up with us, you can talk live, you can engage, you can ask your questions. It's going to be pretty hype. That's my thing. Um, so just just be prepared to let go, right? Get in there. Anytime you want to learn something new, you got to ask. Someone once told me you're only as good as your questions. So no question is a stupid question. We are here for you. That's the reason why we're putting on the show. So we can give as much feedback and input to our industry as we possibly can. Um, so just come. Be prepared to have fun and be prepared to get takeaways and follow up if you also have a question of your own. Right. Having direct access to the speakers throughout the day is really huge, right? You expect to have those kind of interactions when you attend in person. So still being able to do that and those questions, as you mentioned, no matter how small and significant or how silly you think it is, if you're thinking it, probably someone else has that same question too. So bring it up and don't walk away confused when you have direct access there. Yes, we want to engage. That is the purpose of a summit. Um, Again, we all miss kind of like the interaction, the online thing is happening. So we want to make our in-person experience as much as we make our virtual experience. So we're going to be there for you, ready to um, get it done. Right. So how does the flow work throughout the day? Are these back to back to back? Are there breaks for people throughout the day? What's that look like? Yeah, so this is a summit, not a conference. So in the summit, it's going to be three days. The first day of the seventh is going to be start. So we have speakers talking all about how to kind of start your business. You may have figured, you know, I jumped into this and may have had a game plan or not a game plan. But either way, um, myself will start the show. We'll kind of talk about starting your plan and um, sticking to it. Then we will have insurance providers that will come in and talk about the insurance of your business. So if you are aren't there, they will cover the insurance aspect. I know a lot of us have had questions in our Facebook groups on what is covered, what isn't covered. So we're going to get that squared away. 
Um, our automation for software that I love, we have Pocket Suite coming in. She's going to be talking all about how to run your business from your cell phone, which I've been doing for the past five years. So I cannot wait to share that with you guys. We have Jess, the solopreneur, that's going to knock down some of the stereotypes of only having to hire staff. We'll have myself, that's all about staff, but then we'll also have Jess, it's all about solopreneurship, so a little bit of both. And then if you haven't got your website just the way you like it, or you do want to blog and work on your SEOs and content's not quite your thing, we have Michaela from Pet Marketing Unleashed, and she's going to talk all about it. So first day is all about getting you started. The second day is the scale. My favorite. (laughs) Gail, we have Sarah from Jazz HR. If you are looking to hire on autopilot, she is going to show you how to hire Get your message board out there. Get your knockout questions going. And just do your job and get applicants coming to your doorstep. That is one of my secret tips using Sarah and Jazz HR. We have my personal friend is Kayla from Docs Design. She's going to talk all about branding. If you guys are now in her design membership group, she gives a lot of free content away each week for us. But she's going to go deeper on what it actually means to have a brand in your business. My partners, Colin and Megan, is going to go all into marketing through podcasting. As you guys know, they are knocking it out of the park. And we're so excited to hear what they have to say regarding their experience and how marketing has changed in the podcast world. Uh, Melanie is a virtual assistant. If you guys have or haven't hired a virtual assistant, please do so. Time management, set it and forget it, is what she is all about. So she will talk all about hiring a VA. Our friend Miguel, woo, that guy, muscle, (laughs) muscle. He's going to go all into military mindset, overcoming obstacles. Can't wait because we've needed him this year and he's really inspiring. And one of our favorites, Jamie Trill from Financial Literacy, she's going to go, our PPP girl, she's going to give us some quick nuggets on our money and our finances. So that's day two. Really exciting. And a roll it all in is the final day on the sale. We have Tori Mystic from Wear Rag Repeat. She's going to go all into Instagram. I have dissected with her. She's got all the tips we've shared. Um, also, Virginia with bookkeeping. She's going to talk about the difference between accounting and a bookkeeper. It is actually a difference. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Regina doing a lot of our Q&A sessions. Lindsay, Miss Malander, Instagram guru herself, is going to talk all about community and what she's done um, to really grow it in such a small city. So we cannot wait to share this with you guys. <laughs> If you didn't get the notice there, there's a ton of information there. It's going to be jam-packed and being able to interact with people and get all those type of questions and feedback and interactions with them. There's going to be a lot of brains in the room and a lot of great people, a lot of just wonderful, wonderful people sharing their information, sharing their experiences. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to have you guys. (laughs) We're so excited to be a part of it. And uh, people can go to sssummit.com to get signed up now and get that on their calendars so that they can set that time aside. Be there. And if you want to get the all-access membership, you can get 20% off with the code PSC20. You can give us a call at 636-364-8260 or send us an email at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or connect with us on any social media platform at petsitterconfessional. We would like to thank Pet Sitters Associates for sponsoring this episode. 
We appreciate you taking your most valuable asset, your time, and listening to us today. It really means so much. And we thank you so much for all of your support that you have given us over the past over a year. And we can't wait to continue putting out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.